You're listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. tonight, but no worries. We will get through this real quick. Um, This is a sassy holiday special. And uh, thanks to the suggestion from Nick, uh, we are going to be reading some silly passages and lines from a play called The Best Christmas Pageant Ever. And then also just doing a little bit of discussion. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call this play a saga of any sort, but uh, it's it's silly and um, fun and um, weirdly religious and ridiculous. Uh, But here's a question though. Um, I had never heard of this before, this play. Uh, It was was written by somebody from North Carolina and I believe first performed in Charlotte. So is this a Carolinas thing? Because Nick is from North Carolina, Becca is from South Carolina and both of them had heard of it, but I never had. Had you heard of it, Seth? I, I had. In fact, oh, okay. I am pretty sure that I saw the TV movie. Oh, there was a TV movie. Oh, this this has a whole... The, okay, it started out as a book, and then it was a straight play, and then it was a TV movie starring Feruza Bulk. And then it was a gay play. And then, yeah, then, then it was gay, then it was bi. And then <laughs> were, no. And then uh, finally, I guess like five years ago, somebody was like, why don't we make this a musical? Because we're still in sort of that sweep of Broadway going, why don't we make everything a musical? Mm-hmm. See, Tara, it is a saga. I guess it is. Wow. <laughs> this just takes us back to episode three, what makes a saga? And in the end, I guess everything yeah. technically could be a saga. Um, all right. So real quick, before we before we dive into this anymore, we'll introduce ourselves. Uh, we... Um, it's, it's Nick and I are the only usual hosts who are here, but we have a couple special guests. So as usual, my name's Tara. You can find me across the web at a geek saga. Uh, Becca, you can, you're right there. Hi, (laughs) I'm Becca. Um, I, uh, write for a website. You can find me at starshine on fire on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then starshine's adventures everywhere else. Um, I like how you're like, I write for a website. What website? <laughs> I'm sorry, I write for the Geeky Eerie. Because I was, I almost said I write for a website with Tara. And then I was like, well, I webcast with a website with a website with Tara. Um, and I have a few webcasts of my own that I co-host. Um, one's about K-pop and <laughs> one is uh, about uh, The Walking Dead and how much we hate it. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that I'm on. So yeah. the bitching dead, the bitching dead, and Bongtown Babes is the other one. I was watching a bad Christmas movie yesterday, and uh, the, this rich grandmother kept giving her grandchildren ridiculous gifts like Xboxes and iPads and five hundred dollar iTunes gift cards. And then, like when Christmas morning actually came, she gave them one through six seasons one through six of The Walking Dead on DVD or something. And I was like year was this it was the movie was made in 2017 i was like oh i mean okay i guess but also that's here's an xbox here's like a couple hundred dollars in itunes gift cards here's an here's iphone garbage. 
here's Walking Dead, like season 76 of The Walking Dead. Like how how did we how did we go so low, Grandma? <laughs> Come on, Grandma. The movie was it was it was Bad Mom's Christmas or something like that. It's actually like it's not it's not a bad Christmas movie in terms of like the Netflix made or like Hallmark made bad Christmas movies. But I mean, it wasn't great. Bad Mom's Christmas. Yeah, and 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 yeah. So I, I, but it was the movie was filmed in Georgia. So I I'm pretty sure that's why they were. Hmm. Anyway, uh, Seth, uh, you can go next. Oh, right. Uh, hi, I'm Seth. I'm a freelance nerd. Um, I have a number of podcasts that we we have dozens of listeners. Uh, there's um, Arrow Chapter and Verse, which is myself and my co-host Patrick Donahue, uh grudge-watching all of the CW DC uh, superhero shows because much like the bitching dead, we hate what we watch. <laughs> it's, it, Arrow it, used to be good, but it, it's it Arrow like took a took a nosedive in season four, and that's we're, exactly when I stopped watching. <laughs> I was gonna say, we're in the like we're in the beginning of season six, and it's not getting any better. Um, mm. And all of the other shows seem to be suffering from various ailments. But if you're curious about what I think those are, you can go listen to the backlog of Arrow chapter and verse. Uh, there's also How I Spent My Allowance, which is myself and Patrick and three of our friends, uh, Naomi, James, and Riley, and we are reading through various old Dungeons & Dragons novels and talking about those. Uh, we're currently doing uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman's Dragons of Autumn Twilight, and then we're going to move over to Dragons of Winter Night, I think, at the beginning of March. Uh, there's Flailing Through First, where my friend Will and I talk about first edition D&D and he likes the rules and I don't. And then there's uh, my co-host Patrick's main podcast, which is called The Clink Tank, which is just a discussion podcast uh, among a group of friends. Um, Patrick likes to describe it as a conversation between friends you haven't met yet. So there we go. Um, and if you're interested in contacting me directly, I don't know why you would be. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dark Lord of the Seth, I believe. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was my that was my short form improv handle for for ten years. Anyway, yes. <laughs> I guess that just leaves me. Uh, I think it does, yeah. Nick Popio, uh, a regular on Sagas and Sass, and um, I sadly do not have any other podcasts, so that's a shame. I don't Watch even have dozens of subscribers. <laughs> I haven't watched The Walking Dead in forever. That's uh, okay. You don't have to watch okay, it. Nobody has. <laughs> there, was a, there was a thing that happened, and I just couldn't bring myself to watch it anymore. Valid. And, Valid. Uh, that's, that, that is my relationship with that. I tried. I couldn't do it. Um, it's like Down Abbey. Uh, there was just like one thing that happened in Down Abbey pretty early on uh, that I just was like, okay, I, I just i am not. I'm not going on with this. I anymore. was bullied into watching Downton Abbey. I'm not quite done with it yet, but um, but yeah. So that's it. I'm pretty easy, and I've just got the one podcast. I most of those podcasts I think are COVID based. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? I'm going to talk about stuff now. Yeah, I mean, I mean desperation that's kind of how we during COVID is uh, pretty intense. Yeah, it is literally how we started. Tara was like, I need to do more creative things. And I was like, okay, that sounds fun. Let's do a creative thing. 
I just got super obsessive about K-pop and I needed to talk about it. And Aaron was like, what if we do a webcast? And I was like, okay. That's super legit. Yeah. So um, K-pop has taken over my life. Like it's become a true problem. And I haven't even started on any Korean dramas. So it's almost like we're all geeks and we obsess over the things that we love. (laughs) Almost, yeah. almost, yeah. Or the things I, I we don't love, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that you hate, love, or love, hate, or yeah. whatever so, combination of intense emotions it is. Before we dive into this, I just have to share mine and Becca's own special saga called "Damn It, Becca," in which <laughs> I find pins and needles and open safety pins on my floor. Where did you find that? On my living room floor, poking out from under my mini fridge. But I haven't been to your house with pins and needles for a while. I'm just assuming it's from you. It is mine. That's <laughs> I know it was. For those of you That's listening to issue. this as a yeah, for those of you listening to this as a podcast, I'm holding up a needle with a, fabric, like a little it's a fabric pin. Okay, it's yeah. a fabric pin with a little flower on top, and I just like I was like, this is either somehow from like a child, like one of my nieces or nephews who shouldn't have needles, or it's Becca's. But clearly, it's Becca's because it always is. So that's that's our own damn it, Becca saga of open safety pins and needles and sewing needles on my floor. Um, and also, also everybody damage Becca's whenever there's something that happens, and they don't want to take. Uh, responsibility, responsibility for, it. for it, so they just screamed, Damn it, Becca! and yeah, yeah, regardless there, if I'm there or not. There was one time at Dragon Con where we had cleaned out our entire hotel room for like checkout the next morning, and then we all got drunk. It was Monday night of Dragon Con, we had all we all got drunk and ordered like 10 more boxes of pizza, so then our room was just a mess of pizza boxes again, and we blamed that on Becca, and she'd gone home or something. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so so I just I had even though that's a total non sequitur, I had to bring it up because I found this right before the webcast. Um, so again, before we jump into this specific Christmas pageant, I just wanted to talk about very briefly the time that I was in uh, a Christmas play called okay. Christmas Lights, like Christmas <laughs> lights that you hang, right? And it was written by my high school drama teacher, and. Oh. Uh, Yes, who he he thought himself something of a, you know, he thought himself more than he really was. Let's let's be honest. And uh, yeah, I mean, listen, like this was our big play my senior year of high school, and then the year after that, the play they did was I I never saw another butterfly, which is a very deep and dark like Holocaust play. Yeah, Yeah. so very intense. Yeah, wow. they actually did a pretty good job with it. The act, the actors were were really the acting was really good in it. But um, awesome. but anyway, so so this this Christmas play that I was in was similar to Best Christmas Pageant ever in that it was utterly ridiculous and nonsensical. But I mm-hmm. almost feel like that is kind of how Christmas like plays and movies just have to be like ninety percent of the time. Uh, you know, thinking of like all the stupid Christmas holiday movies they put on Netflix and on Hallmark mm-hmm. Channel and and whatnot. Um, you know, I I I, I guess like back then, uh, the, the whole idea of the play was like a, a a father a widower who went nuts. Like his his house was crazy decorated for Christmas every year, like over obnoxiously decorated, and it drew people in from like. Uh, you know, from other towns and stuff, and and his his mean, grinchy neighbor 
wanted him to have to take his lights down or not put them up or something. It's been a long ass. It's been like 20 years y'all. So it's, I, yeah. I don't remember yeah. the, the specifics, but I played his daughter who came home from like France or something. Like literally, I, I think that I'm pretty sure the story was I'd been in France for like a semester away at college or something. And I came home with a beret and a boyfriend. And, uh, and I, I don't really remember anything else about the play other than that I wore a beret at the beginning because I'd been in France and that I had a boyfriend and that, you know, the father figure was like, I don't know about this guy. And then that was like some, that was its own like side tale to this whole big thing about the grinchy neighbor who wanted the father to like the widower to not be able to put up his Christmas lights. But um, this just, it, it, reading this play just really kind of like brought me back to like, the badly written like I mean to be honest like I can't believe that this has been so many things because reading this I was like oh god of course it was like written by some North Carolinian and like performed in Charlotte I'd never heard of it before and and like wow it's 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 a thing this play yeah it's yeah. I grew up having this read to me every Christmas oh wow I saw I saw the movie I've seen the play multiple times mm -hmm. throughout my life um, I was also in, I wasn't in this one, but I was in a Christmas play too, where I played, I was in, it was like third grade and I played the mother and they bought me a table because my children had destroyed my table. And whenever they were bringing the table in as a surprise, they dropped it on my foot. And oh. so I was like, it was just the, Little and I was wearing my mom's cooking apron and her glasses. So I couldn't see a damn thing. And anyway, so that's my story. But yeah, I great best Christmas pageant ever is um it's a it's a it's a thing, weirdly enough. I just I can't believe I I guess I'm I'm just the lone wolf here having never heard of it before. Um, the children's South Carolina Children's Theater did it. Yeah, that's I, I mean it it really is like it's very much written for children's theater. Um Yep. Uh, I was yeah, going to yeah. say that I, I, I've never been in a Christmas play, but a few years ago, um, my my wife and uh, her best friend had a, a theater company and we did a Christmas fundraiser, which was basically just a bunch of skits held together by the very thin plot line that my wife and her best friend were walking through D.C. looking for the meaning of Christmas. And like various, you know, we do various skits and and come out and that kind of thing. So yeah, it was, um, yeah. So uh, I I <laughs> I wrote the ones I was in, uh, and there was one where I was um, uh, explaining the meaning of Hanukkah, and then we went into a parody called Christmas Jews, which is a parody of Christmas Shoes. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, no. So the whole the whole thing is basically like there's two very embarrassed Jewish guys who are like, yeah, I guess we're celebrating Christmas because we have to because otherwise our kids get jealous. And then the other one was uh, Misandry Clause, which was me being um, an incel. So you know, the, yes, yes. He 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 mispronounced it, so he, it was Misandry Clause. Even anyway. though that's the hatred of men. Yes, because he 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 accused. Um, I came. My, my character came out and accused my wife and her best friend of being misandrists. Oh, I see. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you said you said misandrist incel, and I was like, wait a second, yeah. one of these things doesn't belong. Yeah. 
Sorry, Nick, what was your, you, you said something I didn't quite hear. Did that make them naughty or nice? Uh, well, obviously they were, uh, they were being nice. Well, no, I was being nice. I was a real nice guy. Oh, you were. Yeah. 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 No, it was great. The, uh, the, um, costumer made me a a red fedora with white fur trim. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I did. It's actually downstairs right now. Oh my gosh. I really wish you had worn it for this. I wish I could. Um, this is since we were talking about COVID earlier. <laughs> I'm quarantining in uh, the master bedroom Ooh. until oh, next no. Sunday. I, I'm I'm fine, but I went down to visit my dad, uh, and my dad takes care of my sister's kids, and my sister's an emergency room physician's assistant. So it's like, well, yeah, there's enough levels. Yeah, yeah. there's enough. Like we don't know. So anyway, hi everyone. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Um, Is your family uh, watching so they can actually get some contact yeah. with you? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> well, that's I'm, really... I'm pretty sure they're not. <laughs> All right. Well, so I guess. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. So we're going to get into this play. Um, I just want to make sure I'm going to scroll down and make sure I'm not missing Okay, yeah, we'll 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 get into we'll get it we'll read a little passage or two first, and then I have a couple I have a couple questions. Um, Lovely. So, uh, or wait here, we'll have to do here. Uh, There's not quite enough of us, so I'm 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 as we're going on, I'm like assigning you know random lines to people uh we're all playing multiple characters and we're not going to read their names out loud or anything it, their names don't really matter and honestly half the time you don't even there's very few places where there's actually more than like a few people talking and you can tell yep. that they're supposed to be different so uh i really when i first read this i i I, to be honest, I read this literally on Christmas Day, um, having never experienced it before. And I read it after I'd been drinking for several hours. So I didn't even finish it because I was like, I just got so drunk, I I couldn't. And uh, But the, the, the first passage where you meet the Herdmans, which is a hilarious name, by the way, uh, and they, they come stomping in and they introduce themselves saying, we're the horrible Herdmans, an unbeatable squad. I'm Imogen. I'm Ralph. I'm Leroy. I'm Claude. <laughs> Here's Ollie. Here's Ollie and Gladys. We're small, but we're mean. Just one bite from Gladys can sure make you scream. I, I, I yeah, I read this and I was like, I don't even care that this if this is the only Gladys thing we say in this entire webcast. Becca needs to read Gladys because I just wanted her to have to bite. <laughs> so yeah, so there's so I have bitten people before, and um, hard and not in a fun way. Um, oh, like, no, that, that's what you said. Yeah. I uh, I bit someone so hard that he was not able to use his arm. Oh wow! Um, oh shit! And uh, that was and that was an accident. We were drunk and roughhousing. You got some strong jaws on you. I do. And then I bit Ren Miller, a friend of ours, and they had a giant bruise on their shoulder because they kept bothering me. I said, "If you bother me, I'm gonna bite you." So I I bit them. And anyway. that's a rabbit. I am. <laughs> <laughs> just like Gladys. <laughs> Gladys, I'm Gladys. Um, I, 
I do have a question. Uh, how old are the herdmen supposed to be? Like, there's there's several of them. There, you know, you, there's, there's too many. There. So the old the actually says it at the very beginning. Oh, does it? It does. Yeah, at the very because, beginning, it says. Let me pull it up, and I will tell you. Well, and I was just curious because, like, you know. I, Seriously, Imogen Herman puts a cigar in her mouth, like in church. Where did she and get it, that cigar? I know this is the 80s, but what is going on here? So Ralph is 13, Imogen is 12, Leroy is 11, Claude is 10, Ollie is 9, and Gladys is 8. So, so there was literally a, they're all one year apart. Yeah. Yeah. And they're from some of the context clues, I think this is actually supposed to be taking place in the 50s. It says the sixties. Oh, the sixties. Okay, oh, all right. Okay, but it, okay. yeah, it's it's. It, yeah, it's, I, I couldn't tell. And, and... a small town in southern Ohio. Okay, now, okay. see, that's what you get if you actually read the directions in the play. This which is, I did. Which, which, so I was also drunk <laughs> when it took me so long to read it, and that's why I was bitching in the main chat. I was like, yeah. "Oh God, I can't read all this," because that's what I thought it was. But then you're right. There's most of it was music. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they have everything. They have all the all the characters, all the kids, um, how old they are, the setting. Um, I yeah, I think I read that on Christmas Day when I was drunk. You were real drunk. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I one of the things I, I wanted to mention about the Herdmans, if I can, is yeah. that uh, okay. So based on Wikipedia, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, take it with a grain of salt. It said that the original novel was somewhat inspired by the second Shepherd's play, which is a medieval play that would have been, you know, performed usually around Christmas time is the whole thing. And I, I went then and looked up the second Shepherd's play and I'm like, I don't see how that works because the second Shepherd's play is basically three shepherds coming in and uh, bitching about conditions for the working man. And then a, uh, a swindler comes in and steals a sheep. And at the end of the play, they elect not to kill him, but to wrap him in a sheepskin and see how he likes it. And then they go off to bring Jesus presents. And I'm like, there's, um, I mean, I get the disruptive influence maybe coming in, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. I feel like that could be somebody doing some bad Wikipedia editing. I mean, it could be, or maybe like she mentioned it in an uh, in an interview, and maybe it's more obvious in the novel than it is in either the play. I actually went and read the straight play too. It's it's the novel is actually what I had read to me. Oh wow, Eve. Yeah. So uh, no, is the okay. answer to your question. <laughs> it is not drawing more heavily from the Shepherd's play. Yeah. Well, and and I, you know, and also I, I wanted to say like I I'm I'm I also looked at was trying to find like some discussion questions and stuff about it when I was reading through it on uh, Christmas and I uh, I found like a thing that said like I, I found an, an article that included discussion questions about the '80s references in the in the play so that I think that's why I thought it was in the '80s because there was like they were trying to figure out references to like Twinkies and Mr. Magoo and I was like. I mean, I don't really know how long Mr. Magoo has been around, but like a Twinkies while. have been around for a long time. Twinkies aren't just an '80s thing, yeah. So it seems very, it seems very weird to me that I found this article that was like, but the '80s references is now. I'm like, I think that's what threw me off. Like, I definitely read the whole thing, even the direction, even the stage directions. So, oops. Yeah, no, it's it's also it, it's also weird because it's like, 
Yeah, a child, um, a teen, early teen to preteen child, a tween child, mentioned Mr. Magoo. Okay, yes, kids were doing that in the 80s. No, we weren't. We were talking about Transformers and Voltron. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mr. Uh, Magoo. When the play was first published? The play, I think, was 82. Yeah. Maybe they're just the, really ignorant about the history of the actual story, and so they were like, oh, well, the play was from the 80s, so... So yeah. it must be an 80s play. I think the book was 71. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So. Okay, well, then that makes... Yeah, then of course it makes sense that it's in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Um, Magoo said he originated in 49, Twinkies yeah. originated in 1930. Yeah. Wow, Twinkies so, are that old. And some of those Twinkies are still around and edible today. Mm. I haven't had a Twinkie since I was like 10 or something, probably. Oh, yeah. I don't no, know I can't. What they taste like. Can't sit I remember. Mostly, like, I don't know, chemicals? Yeah. I mean, spongy, a little vanilla, yeah. very yeah, sort of. vanilla, sugar. Yeah, mm -hmm. sugar. But like, it they're more texture than flavor, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you remember well... when like Hostess or whatever was like they, everybody thought they were closing down and there weren't going to be mm -hmm. any more Twinkies, and there was like a run on Twinkies. One of my friends worked at Walgreens at the time and bought a whole bunch of Twinkies with his employee discount and legit made like four or five hundred dollars selling them on eBay. What? Yeah. Wow. Good for them. And then and then eventually like. They didn't they're shut like, down oh, and there were still okay. Twinkies anyway. Like, he'd already sold them all and made his money. So, like, good for him. <laughs> yep. Anyway, this isn't the Twinkie saga. It's the saga <laughs> of the Herdman That's children. That's a whole different podcast we could yeah. uh, The sagas um, of different uh, snack foods. Uh, all right. So uh, we want to. Our next. Our next passage begins with Grace, who comes in. Uh, about it, talking about the, the Christmas pageant, but there's there's a problem. Yeah, because Grace is the mom of the other family. Yeah, yes. yeah the non-Herdman family. So the mom of the narrator. The mom right? of the narrator. So we've yeah. got two main families. We've got the Herdmans and we've got the narrator's family. And then we've got all the other kids at Sunday school. And Grace is the mom of the other family. Gotcha. This fly was in the church newsletter. Helen, oh no, wait, no, they're in Ohio. Helen Armstrong is holding auditions for the Christmas pageant this Sunday. Not anymore, she isn't. What are you talking about? I ran into Ed Armstrong. Helen fell on the ice. Oh no, Bob, she's in the hospital. Hooray! We don't have to do the pageant! That's terrible. Someone else will just have to direct the pageant. Can we just stay home this year? Yeah, and watch Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol on TV. Sounds good to me. No one's staying home and no one's watching Mr. Magoo. But it's going to be the same old thing. Alice Wendelkin will play Mary. Elmar Hopkins will play Joseph. And I'll have to go. <laughs> Bob's constant like reiteration of the fact that like, do I really have to go to this Christmas pageant was like, you know, and, even finishing it up, like finishing up reading it when I was sober, I was like, well, well, the actual, Bob. like <laughs> the actual Christmas pageant itself, because we do get to see the performance. It, it seems like the Christmas pageant that gets upset a little bit is perhaps 15 minutes of 
somebody narrating the Christmas story, mm-hmm. kids shuffling on and off stage and singing Christmas carols. And it sounds like it would be the worst thing ever to watch. It's not the worst thing ever to watch. So that like that happened every year in the church that I grew up in. Uh, it was actually like, to my mind as a kid, at least, like it was the best because it was like going to church, but it wasn't really going to church. Ah, I understand. Uh, so from that perspective, it was actually great, but it is always exactly the same. And I think one of the things that the best Christmas pageant ever does that I love is kind of subvert that idea of maybe it doesn't always have to be exactly the same. Yeah. Um, I, and, I just couldn't get over the fact that there were, there were no lines or there, there, there was no acting in the original. There was just air uh, narrating and people moving. Yeah. There's only a few lines in the actual Christmas pageant traditionally. Yes, um, yeah. Gabriel has the traditional line that Gladys subverts. And I added that to our quotes because I just love it. Um, but mostly it's just narrated by mm. uh, people from the congregation and yeah. then kids are like standing around. Cause like, yeah. For us, we always did it. We did a Christmas pageant every year, and it was always the same thing where the kids, the little kids had to be angels, and they all wore the mm-hmm. cute little costumes, you know. Um, and my mother was, my mother always did the costumes. Um, and then, of course, you had, you know, Mary and Joseph. I think I may have been Mary one year, um, Ooh, but it was man. a Baptist. I know, right? I was really going up in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a little small Baptist it was a little small Baptist church and um, every ding diddly year, <laughs> the same thing. And then at my grandparents' church, um, it was the same thing too, you know, where they yep. read the thing and they just had, you know, Mary and Joseph, the Christmas pageant. It's such a, it's such a Southern, I guess other, other places do it too, but it's such a Southern church, tiny church thing to do i'm gonna i'm gonna skip ahead like two little lines here and read this line uh where beth one of the uh one of grace's children says she's talking about she's talking to alice who they've already said is gonna play mary and she says you have to play mary you're smart and neat and well so holy looking and i just Mm -hmm. have to say that because i never got to play mary in my church's christmas pageant because i was not holy (laughs) Mm-mm. I I, I just like I. By never... the time I was old enough, they were like that terror girl. <laughs> she is not holy looking. So uh, I, I never mean... went to church or temple. So like yeah, I, know. I grew up in a completely secular household. It was great, but that means like none of this <laughs> is familiar to me. Like I'm like, okay. I, and you do this is a thing you do. Is it Gentiles? Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, so interestingly, uh, the Christmas best Christmas pageant ever, and the Bob character specifically, was one of the first uh, exposures that I had as a kid to somebody who didn't want to go to church like every yeah. Sunday. Like I grew up with the understanding that like you were supposed to go to church every Sunday and you're supposed to like it, and I did not. And so the fact that this Bob character was like, I have to go to church. And I have to watch this stupid thing that I watch every year. I was like, hmm, there's another way? 
<laughs> you know, that actually makes me wonder. So did Bob go to church regularly or did he just only get forced to go on holidays? Because there were like, I grew, I, I also grew up in a Baptist church, shockingly, since I'm from New England. Um, and my church was fairly small. I think we had about 150 people. Uh, of course, on holidays, there were a lot more there. But like there were several families in our church where like the wife and the children would come to church every week or sometimes more than once a week. But the husband never came um and and mm -hmm. like except for on holidays and then you know the husband would show up in his in his jeans and his nicest shirt and like you know like i, I being a kid like it's i i, just, I remember people side-eyeing it you know what i mean mm -hmm. like oh so-and-so's husband's here again this year you know like yep. So I want to, I, I kind of want to know, was Bob that guy or was, did he go every week and just hate it and complain about it all the time? Like, that's so interesting. Cause textually there's no, it doesn't say, yeah. but uh, I, would, I always read it because of how I was raised. I always read it as he goes, but begrudgingly. Um, but that's just because I was like projecting my own sense of, I don't really want to go and do this onto it. Right. And I guess I, like, to be honest, reading through it, I didn't really think about it, but now I'm, now that I'm like thinking about it, I'm guessing he actually was like the husband who just went, he was, he had to go on holidays and, you know, maybe he worked most Sundays or something like that. That's always a possibility. Um, but yeah, it, it, well, I guess, shoot, maybe not so much back in the sixties, but, uh, you know, unless he, unless he was like a, at a restaurant or something, but like, um, but yeah, like now that I'm really thinking about it, I'm like, no, I think he might have been the the, the father slash husband who like they made him go on holidays and he was just like, oh, this stupid Christmas yep. pageant again. Hmm. Yeah, that. Yeah, I, I I did go. I occasionally would like go to church with friends because that was the only way I could hang out with a couple of people on Sunday. But okay. I would, it was always like I'm like, I'm not sure. Like, I definitely feel out of place here, you know, for obvious reasons. But it's also like none of this seems to be serving any purpose. It, it's, it's just a bunch of people head down praying the same prayers. And mm -hmm. I'm like, that's it, it. It always seemed odd to me. So what I'm saying is I can understand Bob's point of view. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to understand Bob's point of view. Yeah. <laughs> My dogs really want to go outside, and I'm trying to get my friend who's here to let them out, but he's got headphones on playing a video game, so it's uh, not working for me. What's he playing, out of curiosity? Uh, the, the newer Star Wars, uh, the, the one where you, you're like in an X-Wing or something, or a TIE fighter. It's like, it's like a... It's like a Technically, he should be playing it with a joystick, I think, is, is okay. what it is, but I, I'm not sure of the name, honestly. Um but anyway, uh, so go, going back, uh, just there's a couple lines um, that are a little bit earlier than the you have to play Mary one. One being the church lady is all saying like, little kids dressed up like angels, or little kids dressed <laughs> up like little angels. What could go wrong? Everything. Yeah, uh, that is, if I recall correctly, that is from the the song where everyone is trying to convince Grace to direct the pageant. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, yep. and and it's and it's like. Yeah, I mean, again, looking at what's happening, it's a bunch of kids every year. You've got very few rehearsals. It's Christmas time, so you could assume they probably had a couple of cookies before coming into the pageant. They're they're hyped up on sugar. And oh, yeah. you know, you've got like 
wire and tinsel halos, uh, white robes, which is a dangerous thing to do around little children anyway. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, 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 again, it's, it's weird for me because my, like, I understand why you would do that in that this is the, one of the fundamental stories of the religion. This is the time of year when it happened. And we want to make sure that this is underscored, but it's also like, why are you doing this with small children? It seems like you're just going to make a mockery of the thing that you're trying to celebrate. Yep. That's pretty accurate. I'm, I'm looking at the document. Have, have we have we moved on to the next the next bit yet? We did not. We were waiting for you. Okay, yeah. So it wasn't me who was going to read the next line, but yes, yeah, sorry, my my dogs. It is it is like a little bit past their dinner time, so they're being a bit. Yeah. Well, it's the shepherds you have to worry about. They're always whamming in each other with their canes. I just think that's a really hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like. I don't yeah. know. Also, who is Ivy? Like, I don't remember this person really at all. Like, it's one of the church yeah. lady. One of the yeah. other kids. There's one a there's kid. a bunch of like. If you ask me, there are probably too too many herdmans to begin with. There's like <laughs> yeah. there's like six of them, and three of them are interchangeable, which says to me, give every you know, just make that one character, give that person all those lines. Yeah, uh, yeah. but. It's also like, here is another child from the congregation. Does she have a personality? No, she does not. Why would she? I mean, not really any of, like, honestly, really the only personality, the only kids that have personalities in this play are Alice and the Birdmans, if you ask me. Yeah, like, it's, and Beth kind of does, right? She's the narrator, if I remember right. Beth and Charlie does. Yeah. I guess a little bit. Yeah, but, but I mean, bland. when I was reading, I because I when I went back and read the the non musical version, <laughs> like there's just chunks of Beth coming out on stage and just narrating crap. It's like this is how everybody felt about it, and this is what they did. And something in the musical that's five pages long and has a song is three lines in the original play. It's what I mean, I'm yeah, saying is they, they had to drag it out. They had to pad it, yeah. Um, At one point, well over halfway through reading the play, it was like, intermission time, if there's an intermission. And I was like, why would you need an intermission in a play that should take like 45 minutes to do? Like, yeah, uh, honestly, you know, the, the musical, I think, is... Kids. <laughs> somebody's going to need to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, Oh gosh, uh, I just I I, I gave uh, Seth said I gave you a random line that just it, uh, yeah, it's the Herdmans are coming, and what happens then is they walk into the school lunchroom and just beat up on everybody and take their lunches. Yep, that's the and it and it's like it's one of these things where it's like. Really? Like nobody at the school is doing anything about this. This is just a thing that happens. It's like the, happens. the the herdmans are are so bad for a given value of like they are they're basically they're sort of the the kid version of comic book villains. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're so over the top in what they do and what they get away with, but Anyway, I guess that's that's the point because they're going to teach us the true meaning of Christmas. 
Yeah. Of course they are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and we have a couple, there's a couple things I wanted to uh, discuss, but first off, I, this is like the one passage when I was reading through this, I was like, okay, yeah, I want to, I want to read this. And it's, it's Helen who, I don't know, fell on the ice or something and can therefore no longer direct the Christmas play because she's permanently in the hospital. Like I, I'm, I'm still confused as to why she was in the hospital for so long for falling or whatever. But uh, she, she says, um, she's, she's talking about, you know, she's telling grace how she can explain things i think to the children who are going to be in the pageant uh but she says you can tell them god chose joseph to be jesus's dad but don't spend too much time on the subject it can be confusing and don't let the wise men stand next to the shepherds they always start hitting each other and the baby angels are going to be your biggest problem someone has to push them on and absolutely no live animals what live animals would they be having in like a small town Christmas play? Sheep, first of all, donkeys, yeah, cows, goats, roosters, chickens. I can keep going. Yeah, sheep. I guess, but like, I, I mean, did you ever have live animals in your Christmas pageants? Because we didn't. Well, no. However, I have seen live animals in other Christmas pageants. And this is like small town Ohio, so it sounds like somebody might have tried that at some point. <laughs> yeah. Clearly not Helen, though. She's too good for that. <laughs> I think Helen either tried it her like first year or saw her, the previous person oh, who did maybe, it try yeah. it. And it was just such a disaster that she was like, do not ever do this again. <laughs> I just think yeah, like Ed Cannon like... about what happened. I Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Seriously, like, I want to hear what happened with the live animals. I don't care about the rest of this play. Um, uh, so speaking of live animals, though, this is like a half ass segue. But I do want to talk about how when they're talking about the Herdmans and how bad they are, and they talk about how they brought their cat to show and tell, uh, which is you know, that's adorable, right? But apparently their cat is just some monstrous animal. But also like the teacher broke the aquarium, which somehow contained 20 goldfish and the cat ate 20 goldfish. And then it also ate a glass. hamster. And glass. A cat, cat also ate the glass. Uh, oh gosh, I missed that, I think. Yeah, I or like, I just missed noting it. But like, so so the cat ate 20 goldfish, some glass, and a, and some other kid had brought a hamster. So they ate a, it ate a hamster too. And so they got recessed for the rest of the day. What the hell does that even mean? We never got recessed for the rest of the day because somebody brought a bad show and tell thing. Like, well, it was. It sounds like it was a fairly traumatic event. Also, their cat. The way their cat's described is it's essentially uh, Grebo from Discworld. If anybody's, uh, yeah. I don't know anything about Discworld. Yeah, uh, Grebo mm -hmm. is. Yes. <laughs> he, he's he's he basically uh, he's sort of the cat godfather of a, a rather largish area in the mountains in Discworld because he's just he's scarred he's got one-eyed and he's not afraid to use his claws which it sounds like the herdman's cat is mm. similar yeah. it makes me think of a um because they they talk about the cat being like a bobcat or lynx or something yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that they just like took in this wild <laughs> Not large cat, but like medium cat. A very mean, very mean tom cat. 
with like one ear that's been missing and its tail is they say they say that it's um it walks with a limp and its tail is broken mm-hmm. uh, what else do they say or maybe it's missing a leg and its tail is broken something like that and then the mother walks the cat on a chain up and down the railroad tracks and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like a personification of the Herdman's, right? Like, yeah. Like uh. Seth was saying, these characters are so over the top. They're like the uh, quintessential bullies. Yeah. And so the cat is like, if you took a mean ass cat and made it, turned it up to 11, basically, <laughs> that is the Herdman's cat. Yeah. And the cat was also in that show and tell is described as, as scratching everybody, which is why the teacher accidentally broke the aquarium, which again, an aquarium that holds 20 goldfish in a primary school. That's a, that's, that's a, a big, big aquarium. aquarium. That's a lot of water. So yeah, also like goldfish, they will continue growing as long as they have space to grow. So yep. they actually talk about how many gallons the tank was. Oh, did they? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, like, I, I, this is so weird that, like, she, I, cause she read it most recently, yeah, but, like, um, but, like, was it 20? Because, like, 20 is, like, the normal, like, a gallon aquarium that you would see. So, oh. like, right, so, so, okay, so the aquarium had 60 goldfish uh-huh. and 20 gallons of water. And well, that is not right. right. No, yeah. The cat gobbled up the goldfish, glass and all, and then Those it swallowed guys. Ramona Gaffey's pet hamster. Now, mind you, it is the kids yeah. saying this, so they might be exaggerating a little That's bit. True. One yeah. Would yeah. Those goldfish. No, I think they're a reliable narrator. Right? You can <laughs> trust everything they say. Yeah. Those, those goldfish were clearly being abused. Also, like, uh, well, I, th- th- my first thought is like, those are all the goldfish that were supposed to get sent home with the kids who like yep. won the goldfish for their reading prize. Cause like, right. that's like when I was a kid, like we used to get one year we they gave us goldfish. If you read so many books, one year they gave us like hermit crabs. Like huh. you how, many, how many pets. books did Why you have to you? read to get the pets? Probably like 50 okay. in like a summer or something. But oh, yeah. also I know. Right. But also like those, like my poor parents, I'm not kidding you. We brought home, Lots of stupid animals from these reading things. I read a lot, like yeah. a lot, a lot. So uh, I, I think I won like three hermit crabs one summer, and I was like, "Oh, I, I won one for e- me and each of my sisters." And um, my parents got tired of the tank smelling, like the little tank that they were in, so they put them out in the swamp behind our house. They just released the hermit crabs into the water. Oh, the hermit crabs. The first I thought you were talking about the fish. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty sure the fish just died and got flushed down Her- the toilet. Hermit like, crabs, not a swamp crab. Yeah, swamp I know. Crab. I know. It was it was not it was not a good look for my parents, but also like my poor parents like being suckered into like having hermit crabs as pets because like I, we were too young to give a crap about these hermit crabs yeah, you know it's it's weird to me that they also didn't give a more like appropriate prize it's like you read 50 books over the summer what do you want well the next time the scholastic book fair hits town i want a gift certificate's what i want it's like why are you giving away live animals for reading i don't understand the connection i mean i don't know when they stopped doing that but I don't think it ever should have been a policy, but yeah, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I'm wondering if this was like just the number of goldfish this poor teacher ended up with because like all these kids read or something and they won their dumb goldfish and their parents were like, we're not taking these goldfish. 
one would have to think. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, OMG, next up, the Herdmans are in or the, the kids inadvertently invite the Herm Herdmans to Sunday school. How dare? Um, like, isn't that what Sunday school is about, though? Is like you invite people who, sh you know, like. Well, they, they weren't a church and family. Yeah, but. I don't know. I was I, maybe it's because I was raised Baptist. Like the whole yeah, point we, of yeah. church was like to proselytize and like bring people into the church. So, well, it, it sounds like I don't know. Like it sounds like the Herdmans were from the wrong side of the tracks in every possible permutation of the tracks. Uh, but it's it's also weird. It's like they don't actually get invited to Sunday school. Charlie's just like, you know what? Take my dessert. I eat all the dessert I want at Sunday school. It's made of candy, basically. And the Herdmans are like, okay, well, we want in on this. Well, for sure, because they're also told that there's food. Um, so, like, uh, they do show up. And Imogen, who I guess is the oldest sister, says, you know, hey, Alice, where are the snacks? And, uh... Alice, which is Becca, I think was going to mm -hmm. raise it. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, you said the we're having Kool-Aid and cookies after the auditions for the pageant, if that's what you mean. Don't drink the Kool-Aid imaging. <laughs> Don't do she it. She totally drinks the Kool-Aid. She does drink the Kool-Aid. And that's why we end up with all this drama. <laughs> But that's like my first thought when I read this was like, she's like, where are the snacks? And I was like, well, we're having Kool-Aid and cookies. And it's like, of course, that's how it's that's like what we used to have when I was in, yeah. in church, too. But like, but also my first don't thought was, don't drink Kool-Aid, Yeah. <laughs> and then they they go on like from there. It's like it's this weird sort of like the Herdmans take over the pageant, not exactly by accident, but it's it's Imogen's whim, right? Because Alice mm -hmm. is like, Imogen's like, what's a pageant? Alice is like, well, it's a thing, and I'm probably going to be Mary. And Imogen decides then and there that she wants to be Mary. So when Grace asks for volunteers, the only people to volunteer for any of the parts are Herdman's. Which is, I guess, why it's funny to have six, because you can have, like, the three Herdman's who don't really do anything volunteer to be the shepherds. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Although, to be honest, Ralph Herdman doesn't really do much either. It's basically just Imogen and Gladys. Yeah, mostly it. it's them. They're they're running the show. Like, they, they could have just done quick costume changes and been all the characters, Imogen and Gladys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so they, they, they come in and they claim all the parts. And they just bully their way into the parts, which is just how they've worked throughout the entire, you know, they, they, that's how they worked when they went showed up at school for lunch and stole everybody's lunches, you know, and, and Beth, narrator person, says, you know, she's, she's talking to Alice. She says, why didn't you speak up? I thought you wanted to play Mary. And uh, Alice is... Uh, oh. Uh, Imogen, and then Alice says, Imogen told me that she was playing Marion. If I even opened my mouth, she would get a pussy willow and jam it so far into my ear that it would come out the other side. I did not read this happening, okay? Like, I remember, like, choosing this as a passage for us to read simply for the fact that there's never actually a point where Imogen says this in the play. No! So, it ridiculous! And also... So she doesn't say, but there's a part where um, Alice is like, I'm going to the bathroom. And then Imogen is like, 
And so she goes with her siblings into the girl's bathroom and you hear whispering. And basically that's Imogen's part where she is threatening to jam a pussy willow into Alice's. Well, this fear. was still the point where Tara was reading this wasted on Christmas day. Okay. So eventually I'm just, there, I'm just eventually, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, thank you for explaining that because I was like, I like, I, I, I remember highlighting this passage because I was specifically like, what the fuck? Like, but, when did but, this happen? Which is, I think it's actually a great question because for my money, it's bad writing. The writing in, a, in this is terrible. In a play, to have that happen off stage. It makes more sense in the novel. It's, I think, funny in a novel, but on stage, no, you want to see Imogen have that confrontation with Alice. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, uh, yes, it's not a particularly well done play or musical. Mm. No. Shots fired. It's not, yeah, it's not a particular. It's okay. We're called. Sagas and sass. We can be a little sassy. That's true. To be honest, we're often less sassy than we should be. Maybe I know. like like. Um, but this <laughs> this, is, this is worth the sass. But also, we we've we've been reading a pretty you know solid series with with the Grishaverse, so it's it's a little bit uh, different to have something that's kind of absolute trash. To talk I, I about. think all of all of my sass. Not not that I, I'm not I'm not on the Grishaverse episodes, but all of my sass would have been reserved for the first three books. I think because uh, if I, I, I love Kaz and crew. I heart yes. them so much anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, we, 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 we were a little bit sassier for the first three books, but we also were very much um, because three of the four of us had actually already read at least the first book in the Six yeah. of Crows duology. Uh, we were probably a little bit less sassy because we were very much like, oh, but Lee Bardugo grows so much as an author. And that's oh, why we're, that's why we are hashtag we love growth in this house. Oh my, it's yeah. like, if you haven't read The Language of Thorns, which is the one, hey, we're, uh, it's a little bit of a tangent. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't read The Language of Thorns, which is her book of short stories, which I got because they had one of those contests where it's like enter to win a free book. And I was like, mm -hmm. Hey, I'd like a free book. Um, the stories there are so well written and some of them are heartbreaking and it, they're, they're so, they're so very good. that when I went back and read the first three books of the Grishaverse, it was a disappointment because those yeah. are sort of bog standard YA um, young teenage female, uh, female protagonist does stuff. Yeah. So, and, and you know what, the one thing I will give the best Christmas pageant ever is that while it does have like main, you know, teenage ish, I guess, like female characters that do the things. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I, I like Imogen. She's hilarious. Uh, and and yeah. I mean, Alice is a little bit kind of weak, like one note, like villain of the story yeah. uh, like not to jump ahead too much but like when when the christmas pageant happens eventually because it does obviously i don't think that's too much of a spoiler here uh so eventually when the christmas pageant does happen alice like shows up with her mary costume you know just in case uh, yeah. I was like, oh that is so mean girl um but anyway there's so much that happens before that including uh uh, when when the Herdmans get cast in the pageant and some random child who never shows up again uh, wants to know why? No, I, think, I think she might be one of the church ladies. Connie, oh. Connie Betty, yeah, she's a church lady. Yeah. Um, Connie says, where was Reverend Hopkins? I'd like to know. 
And some other rando church girl says he was visiting shut-ins. Um, and, then, and then some other rando says, I'm a shut-in. He wasn't visiting me. Something has to be done about this. That's Helen. She's, that's the excuse, that is not a random. That is right. Helen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, in uh, to to use to compare to another musical, um, if this were the music man, the church ladies would be singing Pick a Little, Talk a Little. Yep. That, that's for those of you who've seen the music, man. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. <laughs> I do, no, know, I do, I do, I do know that song. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I, I'm picking, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Thank you. Also, you just, you have a very cute dog walking around in the background, and that's great. Oh yeah, they're they're mad right now. It's probably, I think it's Sokka. I don't know. You can't. There he is. Sokka. Yeah, they're 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 my dogs are annoyed because it's they usually get fed at five p.m. So this right. is like, you know, like I had to, I had to delay on? their dinner. Whatever. Um. So uh, and, and and which uh, I, yeah. Anyway, um. So so next up, uh, speaking speaking of Helen, uh, when she finds out that Grace has you know she's found out that Grace has cast the Herbmans and she's like freaking out about it, um. Grace, you must replace them. It's the Christian thing to do. If not, they'll look like fools when they don't come through. And Grace is like, what about their feelings after such a blow? I having never seen this as a musical. I have no idea what the tune is supposed to be here. But this 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 conversation, it it, it kind of happens like a couple times in different ways throughout this play. And uh like like replacing them is the Christian thing to do. <laughs> Well, it's, you know, uh, again, teaching the true meaning of Christmas. We've forgotten what the true meaning is. We've become hypocrites. But now with this, the Herdman's performance, we can be reborn once again unto the true faith or something like that. Listen, you godless so-and-so, how dare you uh, be accurate? I'm just, this is just my opinion of this thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, the, 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 the kind of, like, the kind of over-the-top, like, wannabe religious stuff in this is pretty great. Yeah. And by great, I mean. Especially yeah. considering that, again, like, this was ri first written back in the early 70s. To, so, like, the fact that there was that kind of sentiment, I appreciate it. Like, and I appreciate having grown up in a church, like I appreciate that there are more ways to look at Christianity than just let's do exactly what's always been done. Let's, you know, adhere to the Bible strictly, all of those things. Um, Cause that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. You know I mean, what else? Go ahead, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, it, it, it really is just, um, it, it, have, have any of you ever read Gormenghast? Mm -mm. Okay. Um, there's, I don't want to go too much into it because a lot could be said about Gormenghast, but there's a guy whose job it is to remember all of the rituals that go along with all of the things that happen on a day-to-day -day basis. And nobody knows why these are done or why they're important. They are just done because that's the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. 
So because of the way the Christmas pageant has been presented, it's lost all meaning and it's just become, that's the way it's always been. And the meaning that is attached to it is grace does it. And it's perfect every year or not grace. Helen does it. And it's perfect every year because that's what she wants. And Alice does it because she's the Virgin Mary, because she's the best one. And that's, she's so holy looking. Yeah. She's so holy looking. I don't, I don't. Unlike me. Um, I imagine, I do imagine, because Becca said she thinks she played Mary one time in her church's Christmas pageant, and I imagine Becca, like young Becca, with her cherubic cheeks. I also played a cow, so I mean, you know, like, I was an angel, I was Mary, I was a shepherd. Yeah, and you were, you were just, you were making the, the rounds in the cast. She was yeah, prolific. Yeah. I mean, this is over a period of several years. Do you have you this know? on your theater resume? Yeah. <laughs> the last oh, I yeah, thought, it goes all the way back. Yeah, it, has, like, yeah, it doesn't go, my, my resume doesn't quite go back that far. Christmas pageant, everything. <laughs> yeah. Period uh, 1995 to 2000. You have to put each year that you were participating and each role that you have. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because otherwise, it how will they know how good you are? Yeah, yeah, my theater true. resume was pretty like good uh, from like like high like like middle high school to like co- like through uh, through college and maybe just after, and then uh, then there were, there's just this blank space for like. Mm-hmm. 15 or 16 years and then I was in a parody musical and that's it. <laughs> um anyway, speaking of we 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 were talking we were talking about oh that doesn't just make sense and that was going to be a good segue but then we got off on another little tangent. But speaking of things that don't make sense, this next thing where they're supposed to be singing I guess Silent Night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh <laughs> but then the the Herdman boys over yeah, and change night to fart. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's like such it's a boy thing to do. It's literally like silent <laughs> fart, and the kids all just go Herman's. Yeah. Yes. Uh, then they no. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. Say, well, it's supposed to be whole. It's silent no. night. No, holy I'm, night. Right. So it's, si- it's silent fart. Holy. No, where's the yeah, deadly? No come in so okay so herdman's so the herdman's um whenever you said herdman's that's not something that the kids actually say that's a stage direction um so it's there half of the herdman's are singing oh the okay okay, part, okay. I, then, I yeah i copied and pasted this so, when i was drunk still so, so, so <laughs> we're, still, like, we're still dealing with drunk tara nonsense here um so what they're doing is they're singing they're singing silent night but the herdman boys are singing slightly okay. louder and yes. so, silent okay. night, fart, um, holy, instead of fart, holy, and happy. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's on me when I when I was like when I was copying and pasting these passages, and I was like, what the hell is this? No, it's even? Fine. This yeah. might have been like towards the very end of when I could like focus on reading this thing on Christmas Day. <laughs> Listen, I don't. I, I know I keep talking about how drunk I got on Christmas Day, but like it's it's been it's, it had been like a week, and I was just like, you know what um my family my family thing ended and like i've been i've been made fun of for like two days straight for wearing a mask around these assholes so i'm just gonna get wasted yeah i i mean Mm. and uh, getting drunk on christmas is a fine old christmas tradition yeah christmas eve christmas like just spend the whole time drunk yeah (laughs) yeah i mean last year i i 
my, oops, sorry. Last year, my, uh, my boyfriend and I are long distance currently, but not for very long. And, uh, we, uh, last year, uh, he did not have his kids or like really any plans or anything. So, and, and, you know, the, neither did I. So like we, like I finished with my family brunch thing at like one and he, his kids left his house by like one thirty, you know, East coast time. And we just got drunk and played red dead for like eight hours. Uh, so, you know, this year was a little bit different, but I was like, well, like I said, I, I, I just had to spend like a, you know, yesterday afternoon and like this morning wearing the mask around my family. Cause I don't trust them. Like they don't go anywhere or do anything, but they also don't wear masks when they go to the grocery store and stuff. So I was like, I'm nope. just going to be that person and wear a mask just to prove a point, yeah. honestly. And also for yeah. my own safety too, like yeah. just better safe than sorry type of thing, even though they literally don't go anywhere other than the grocery store. Like none of them, they all work, you know, from home or together or whatever, but like, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I was, I was just ready to get drunk and watch some bad Christmas movies. And like, I just, I started reading this too. And it, yeah, it just, there was a point and I think this might've been about it. Cause I'm pretty sure. Yes. The last thing I put in here for as a line when I was drunk on Christmas was Alice saying, I tell my mom everything. I write it down because what? what? Well, <laughs> Alice hasn't learned about what snitches get. <laughs> what do snitches get? They get stitches. No, yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, well, the, the funny thing is, like, read, like, so I'm, I'm finishing, you know, like, like I finished reading this play sober, and um, I realized that when Alice was saying, I tell my mom everything, I write it down, she was just talking about telling her mom everything that was happening with the play. Yes. So when I drunk read this on Christmas Day, I was like, this child is like keeping a diary of her life and telling her mother everything that she does. And I, which honestly, that wouldn't necessarily be out of character for this character. So, you know, that, 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 was, that was my mindset on Christmas Day was like, who the fuck tells their mom everything? But then like, I didn't remove it simply because today I realized like, oh, she meant she tells her mom everything that's going on. Yeah. yeah, which okay. which is still um, if I snitches, use, yeah. <laughs> if I could use the the kids' terminology, that's that's highly sus. Yes, it is very sus. Hello, fellow youths. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> fellow youths. They're about to get. Bent I'm on the TikToks anyway. <laughs> now you got to do the TikTok dances. Yeah. I don't even know what those are. Oh, I gave um, up on TikTok real quick. Um, all right. So, uh, <laughs> next up, um, they, they, uh, so, so the, the, the herdmen's come in and they're, you know, they're, they're trying to, I guess, figure out what is going on in this, because herdmen's, they don't know the, they apparently don't know the nativity story. Which again, I'm like, okay, I get that you don't go to church. Let me understand this. You children in Ohio in the 60s have never heard the story of Jesus. Ever? Once. No, no one has ever. You've never seen it? In, okay, sure. Yeah. It does met, seem a little far-fetched. I've met a surprising amount of people who don't know the story of Jesus. But, but like, now or kids who are, are they from in like Europe? The what is going on? No, like, just, just they 
just come from different socioeconomic status and they just never went to church and so whenever somebody was like i don't i don't know who jesus is or and i'm i was like from a very young age I mean, yeah. yeah that's what i'm saying it sounds un-american for the simple fact of like even if you don't go, so, so like they would have to not go to church and they would have to like either not have a tv or not watch the tv at any point like during december like I, 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 I'm not saying that I'm just absolutely certain that there are people in this country, you know, e- even even if they're like born born and raised here from infancy, whatever, like that don't know these things. But I feel like that would be I, I've certainly never met anybody that didn't know at least the very basics of you know the nativity story. And I, I just I feel like that's got to be pretty rare. Like again, because we- it's shoved down our throat. Like yes, exactly. That's what it is to me, like, in case it wasn't obvious, I was trying to be sarcastic. Uh, because of how much it is shoved down our throats, despite the idea of separation of church and state, the particularly the story of Jesus and Jesus's birth around Christmas, which, by the way, didn't happen in December. Yes. Uh, it is so ubiquitous that that's what makes it hard to believe that there are people who who haven't heard that story at I some just, point. I'm good. Sorry, that reminded me of something. We just watched we just watched an episode of The Flash that their Christmas episode that year where the villain and his wife like. long story short, the villain's getting reborn and his wife's like, so you're going to share a birthday with the savior. And then the villain is, the villain says, the Nazarene wasn't even born in winter. If you take a look at the constellation, (laughs) look at a history book. You don't, you don't need to be like, I have mapped out the constellations and I have proven that Christmas cannot, no, go read a book. It's just, it was anyway. Uh, Yes. I mean, honestly, even, even, even like, well, at least maybe not when I was super young, but like as I got older, there was definitely eventually some discussion like in, with my parents and like in the church and everything that like, oh, yeah. So like actually Jesus wasn't born in December. Like it would have been like in the springish time, you know, uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, we're not going to move Christmas, y'all. It's Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's-, it's like dumbasses who try to move freaking Halloween. Oh well, that, that's actually based on like a natural like uh... speaking of tiktok there's a great series where a guy like is pretending to be two characters one of whom is jesus and one of whom is a conservative and the <laughs> conservative is always like and this is how we like totally represent jesus and jesus is like no bro and then the conservative is like bro no it's it's great Nice. I'll send, I'll send links in the group chat. It's yes, nice. please. Um, okay, so so our next our next passage from the play itself is uh, we're just gonna have to go a little bit back and forth with it because there's a bunch of characters in it, and sure. let's just yeah. let's just let's just pretend that you know everything's fine. Uh, but it begins with Alice. Oh, honestly, Jesus wasn't even born yet. Mary was great with child. Pregnant? Mary was a pregnant. Don't say that. Okay, team, put a cork in it. We all know Mary was pregnant. I don't think it's nice to say pregnant in church. But Mary was. I'm not even allowed to say pregnant out of church. And this is the barn where Mary had her baby. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them at the inn. 
And this is Imogen, by the way. They didn't have room for Jesus? Well, nobody knew the baby was going to become Jesus. Didn't Mary know? And what's the matter with Joseph? Why didn't he tell the innkeeper? I mean, my God, she was pregnant. I'm saying that. What's a manger? Some kind of bed? They didn't have a bed in the barn, so they put him in the manger, which was a big feeding trough for animals. This is getting worse and worse. Mary wrapped her baby in wadded up clothes and stuffed him in a feed box? Where was her social worker? <laughs> that was so funny to me. It was, yeah. Yeah. And then they, they actually go into it afterward where, you know, there, there weren't social workers back then. And the, the poor Herdmans, this is where I, you know, listen, like, obviously they've had, the, the Herdmans have a difficult life and everything. We've already, that's understand, understood from the beginning, regardless of people just talking shit about them. But like, it's after that, that the, you know, the Herdman kids are like, well, this our social worker comes to our house like once a week. And like, that's when you realize it's bad. When, I mean, I'm thinking, I, even when I thought it was the 80s still, so like it's the 80s or it's the 60s, and a social worker is coming to your house back then once a week, that's bad. Yeah. Yep. That's bad. That's really bad. Like, it's not great. And they just gloss over it like it's hilarious. And it's like, okay, no, that part isn't actually funny at all. Like Imogen being like, she just wrapped her baby in like wads of clothes and like threw him in a feed box. Like, where's her social worker? That's amusing. But like the not amusing part is like that they know what a social worker is and that their social worker comes to their house once a week. Yeah. So Yeah. But sad. again, it's it's a show about how the poorest and most disadvantaged among us are, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. <laughs> Meek inherit. Something, 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 something like that, and it's it's like that's great. Maybe like, and there's a whole big thing about how like the church is making up baskets for uh, disadvantaged folks, and the herdmen's have the biggest basket, and it's like that's great that you're doing that for them at Christmas. How about the rest of the year? Perhaps we should have a better social safety net in the United States, though. Yeah, I know. It's socialism or communism. Capitalism. Or yeah. It's, yeah. In this economy. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's great. That's my new slogan is capitalism. And actually, the economy, economy was actually kind of <laughs> yes. in the 70s, too. So, <laughs> um, uh, well, so, so. So then they, they, this whole thing, they, they're having their, their, you know, play rehearsal thing and Imogen lights a cigar again. Where is this child getting cigars? I don't um, know. I assume she sells them to be honest. She's doing that thing where she walks around like old, uh, yeah, old, old cartoons where she, <laughs> she has a little toothpick and she just picks butts up out of the gutter. And I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you said, picks gut butts up. I was like, for a second, I was like, what? That was like, oh. Cigar butts. Let me make myself absolutely clear. So she lights a cigar, and everybody's like telling her to put it out, and they smell smoke, and the whole like the, 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 then they like have to evacuate the church. And it actually turns out that it wasn't even Imogen's cigar that was causing the smoke; it was some church bitch who burnt her stupid cake, applesauce cake. But like. The reverend comes in and he's like, I'm canceling Christmas. And it's like, wait a minute. So this one dude can just cancel the entire holiday for like, what, just the church, the entire town? Like he just cancels because he doesn't say the Christmas pageant. He says he is canceling Christmas entirely. Yes. We can also assume that he outlawed dancing. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
theory, theory, this town that this happens in is actually the same town that Footloose happens in as well. <laughs> Prove us wrong. No. That's absolutely correct. You can't. I, no, seriously, my 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 uh, friend and I who are here, we went down a we started going down a home alone theory rabbit hole on Christmas Christmas Eve. And then that just led to us reading a bunch of articles, you know, like listicles from like BuzzFeed and shit, where it was like theories, you know, like crazy media theories or whatever. And it's always some odd number of theories. And like the BuzzFeed articles, they don't actually give any explanation. Like sometimes they'll put a link and sometimes that link will actually work. And sometimes it just goes to some like Reddit user's profile and not actually to the post with the theory. But, you know, whatever. That's besides the point. So like we actually started playing a game we started playing a game Christmas Eve where we just make up theories about media and give no explanation for them. And then you have to say what image you would attach to them. So like one of them that we were talking about was that, um, oh my gosh, which was it? It was a uh, Wayfair selling children. No, oh my God. no, 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 anyway, no, 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 nothing, nothing ser- no, no, nothing serious like that. Yeah, no, things no. like things like this, where it's like, obviously, this is the same town where Footloose takes place. Oh, and the right, reverend okay. is the person okay. who outlawed dancing. Like, that's a good theory. You can't give any reasoning for it, though. Just yeah, the theory yeah. presented with a picture. And one of them, I don't remember what we were talking about. It was like some it was some movie or show or something some Christmas movie where somebody dies. And, and you know, he was like, she actually dies of diabetes. Like not of like whatever it's like she actually <laughs> dies of, and uh, I was like, yes. And the picture is Wolf of Brimley from the diabetes commercial. Nice. Oh, so this is this is the Perfect. amount of ridiculous we're talking about. You have to posit a theory with zero explanation and some picture. Oh no, we were talking about Blair Witch Project. That's what it was. She doesn't actually die because the witch kills her or whatever. She dies of diabetes in that basement, and like the picture for that theory would just be Wilford Brimley saying diabetes yeah. um like a gif of Wilford Brimley saying diabetes so so this is this is the level of, of theory that I'm talking about and and I do Seth thank you for this that Footloose takes place in the same town as a best Christmas the best Christmas pageant ever I and that Reverend can. Wilkins or Wilson or whatever the fuck his name is is the guy that outlaws okay. dancing along with canceling Christmas in it's, in the non-musical play that doesn't even happen the, the reverend's just like, oh, are you sure we should do the pageant? And and Grace is like, yeah, we should do the pageant. He's like, but a lot of people have complained. And she's like, yeah, we're still doing the pageant. He's like, okay. And that's like, there's there's nobody running in and canceling Christmas. But again, it's a musical. They needed a big, you know. Well, I mean, and in, this, in this, yeah. And in this particular musical, like they cancel it, but then the Grace, I don't know what the, what the, what's what's the last name of like Grace and Beth and their family? Do we know uh, what it is? Uh, probably. Hang on a second. I'll go back up to the top. The Bradleys. The Bradleys. Okay. There we go. So the Bradleys, well, Grace and, and Bob, maybe they. I don't know. They bring the Christmas basket yeah. to the Herdmans, Beth and they Beth. like spy on them. Yeah. And they feel so bad for them because they're so excited about like their Christmas ham and shit that they decide they're going to do the Christmas pageant anyway. Yep. And they, and I, I guess this is where I kind of like miss out. I didn't realize that like Beth, I guess, well, I guess Beth is the narrator. So she has to be omnipresent. Like, of course she was with Grace. But uh, so, so, so they watch, they, they spy on the Herdman's opening their Christmas ba- pa- basket and, and then Grace feels bad and they decide to do the pageant anyway. Becca, read the line. 
Sorry. I'm okay. Uh, let's see here. I just wanted to say we're doing the pageant after all. And you're still in it. And then Imogen's like, did that man change his mind? Not yet, but he will. Be at the church at 5 p.m. tomorrow. Do we need a baby Jesus? I can get one from the grocery store. There's lots of them just sitting around <laughs> in the grocery carts. Thank you, Leroy, but that won't be necessary. Do you kids have a doll? Just this one. And by the way, the doll sheep. I, 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 I wish I here. Just this one. <laughs> um, he's perfect. Do you, uh, you need a cat? Oh, good. <laughs> good heavens. <laughs> No, I mean, thank you, Claude, but we don't. Uh, we'll see you all tomorrow night. So, so yeah, Grace just decides that they can have the Christmas pageant anyway, even though the Reverend has canceled Christmas entirely. Um, I, I, I really just wanted to include this because I, I, I liked the like, do we need a baby Jesus? I can like go steal one from the. That was yeah. that was That's one the of best. the funniest. That was one of the funniest things I think. Yeah, there's a few very funny lines in this. Uh, you know yes. what that, that actually reminds me of is is Walter talking to the dude in the Big Lebowski where he's like, you want a toe, dude? I can get you a toe by two o'clock. Nail polish, you're not. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Oh, Big Lebowski was another so place, good. another movie we had theories from the other day. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, and and just also the the mention of the cat again. Yeah. Yeah. I want to meet this cat, you guys. I mean, do you, though? I don't, yes. I don't think the cat wants to meet you. Probably not, but I've only met one cat who ever didn't like me, so. Is it Appa? What? Nothing. <laughs> Mutters. <laughs> Mutters, yeah. Um, so, uh, the... the <laughs> Oh man. Um, so, so like also one of the things that I, we kind of skipped over a little bit was Helen, you know, we, we mentioned it a little bit, but Helen trying to convince or force Grace to remove the Herbmans from the play and Grace like really does like, eventually she, like it comes up a second time or a third time and Grace like really digs her feet in and refuses, you know, to remove them. And I, it's like, is she refusing to bend to peer pressure? Is she actively trying to do the right thing? But like, I, I just, I don't really, I, I feel like it's almost just that she just doesn't want to admit that she screwed up. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's very, I don't I like most of the people in this class. I think that she's trying to do the right thing, but the, from the perspective of the, like, woke white person, you know, like, uh, you're, you're not, and I, I grew up in, in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, which is, I think, a breeding ground for, like, quotation marks woke white people mm -hmm. uh where they talk a good game but they don't actually like really uh do the things that are required to be uh anti-racist uh to be anti-classist all of those things and to in my mind at least that scene where she and beth see the herdmans um for the first time kind of like in their own element and under start to understand like really what the herdmans are going through. Mm -hmm. uh, that's I think the first time that they're humanized instead of being these almost kind of like um, monstrous outsiders. 
and then and so then that's why grace is or yes grace is like okay we have to do this regardless we're going to figure this out uh and we're going to make sure that they get to do these roles before that i think it is mostly like I know this is like the right thing to do, but also I don't want Helen to get her way. And uh, I kind of want to do my own thing basically. Um, But ultimately I think, and this may just be my like childhood nostalgia (laughs) playing up. I think she's trying to do the right thing, but uh, is doing it through all of her, uh, her own prejudice and privilege. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like it's pretty clear that nobody would have ever reached out to them, yeah, to include them in the community had Charlie not told a lie about how much dessert he gets at uh Sunday school, which is also, I think, a weird reaction to somebody stealing your lunch. Because if somebody like took my dessert, the last thing I would want to know, uh, let them know, is where my supply is coming from, (laughs) yeah. Well, and in the, I, I know at least in the book, they kind of talk about how they're ki- they're kind of trying to like brag about it and yeah. and be like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter because we've got all these great snacks at Sunday school. But you're right, like that's the worst way to <laughs> treat a bully, like taunt them with better options. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Like the the whole thing about the the best thing about Sunday school is Charlie's like, there's no herdmans there. Let me tell them something that would make them want to come. Okay. <laughs> oh, you fucked up now, kid. <laughs> well, like, I, and one of the questions, like, I, I had wanted to ask was like, are the well, I, okay, I I I asked, I was asking this question before I finished reading the play, which was, are the herdman children really all that mischievous or evil? Because like at the beginning, like I, I'm thinking like like pre when we find out like the sort of like situation they're living in or whatever. Cause again, I had never read this or, or seen this before. Um, they felt like very much like the O'Doyles from the stupid, like, like yeah. from Billy Madison. Oh, yeah. and, like, O'Doyle, uh, rule. O'Doyle rules, like Herdman's rule. <laughs> like maybe oh, yeah. I kind of, I, I, if I, if I cared more about Adam Sandler and he wasn't just such a dumb fucking person who still acts he still like creates these awful like offensive characters like 20 years after they were even sort of like slightly okay um anyway like i would kind of want to ask him like did you ever see this and like is this where you got the o'doyles from because it kind of feels like like they they feel like the o'doyles or vice versa you know um and 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 but yeah really it really is like at first yeah we're absolutely supposed to believe that they're these like mischievous evil kids because they're stealing they're bullies and they're stealing everybody's lunches but then in the end it turns out they really like yes they are still bad kids they're still doing bad things but like the circumstances that lead to this like they're the way they are about that christmas pat the, the christmas basket and the food that's in it and they're like oh we won't go hungry this week and it's like okay so well that's why they're stealing kids lunches doesn't make it yeah. right yeah. But like, you know, that's the like, problem with Beth as a narrator, right? Right. Uh, because she is perceiving it from the perspective of being one of the kids whose lunches are in danger. Yes. And that's her only perception of the Herdmans. She, and, and, and also in fairness, like she's a kid, she can't really understand the intricacies of what classism can do to a family. Uh, but it is also why they're for most of the narrative they're the the villains but it in the 
you know, final act, essentially, you get to see them as, oh, they can actually be the ones who help save this. Um, And it, it would be really interesting, actually, to see this done from the perspective of the Herdmans. Yeah. 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 Although probably kind of sad. Like yeah. yeah. Well, oh yeah. yeah. It would be, as the youth say, cringe. But yeah. <laughs> well, let's be real. This was, I mean, the whole time I was reading this, I was like, Ugh. Oh yeah. yeah. The whole, it's, it's pretty cringe as is. Yeah. No, that's fair. It, it, it yeah, it's, it's, the, <laughs> I will also say that the pageant to me is insufficient to cause the reaction that it does. What do you mean? Well, because everybody has that weird, <laughs> if you will, come to Jesus moment. <laughs> but, <I'm- laughs> but it's just like, I'm like, there's not, there's not enough in, in here. There's not enough meat for me to buy that Helen suddenly goes, I've been wrong this whole time. Oh no, Helen is still awful because she literally tries to then like take credit for Gladys being cast as the angel when she hears people are like, oh my gosh, Gladys was so good. And it's like, bitch, you didn't do shit. Yeah. Yeah. Helen's the worst. Also, there was this last line uh, that Gladys, who put this in here? Was it Nick that that you wanted us to include? The the Gladys saying... uh, what she say? Becca highlighted it, so Becca should. She read says it. the um. She says, uh, sorry, I'm having anyway. Um, hey everybody, unto us a child is born. And by the way, she says this like she just busts out and says this like after the play has kind of ended. I think like it's like yeah. like it's all it's all kind of wrapped yeah. up and just like she's like yeah, I get to wear my pink wings like. Well, in the in the in the non musical play, that's the last line of the show. Like she comes out, oh, okay. breaks the fourth wall, and says, "Hey, everybody, unto us a child is born." Curtain. Hmm. It's also at the end of the book. Yeah, uh, like... which, it, it 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 is a whole thing throughout the process where they're trying to get her to say the line right and to say it at the right time, and then uh, and she can't do it. And then she finally, at the end of the play, says it slightly wrong, but like in a really fun, like nice way. And it's supposed to be like, oh, see, they they don't do it exactly the way that we would do it, but they do it in a way that is still meaningful and powerful. Mm-hmm. You know what I would like to say? What's that? I would like to see somebody use this as their uh, like baby announcement. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like, could you imagine? Like, they, every yeah. year they choose one couple from the church because you know church people have babies left and fucking right. Like, at least oh, yeah. me growing up. Like, so like they just they get they choose a couple from the church that's that like just recently got pregnant but hasn't told anybody yet. And then and they get like, to do the announcement. It could also be. It could also be. You know, like. Gender reveal. Well, there you go. Hopefully, it won't start a forest fire. <laughs> it wouldn't, though, because it would. I imagine. I imagine Gladys be like, "I just a child is born." And it would just be like pink or blue glitter. Uh, I mean, I, listen, I hate gender reveals. I'm not. I'm not yeah. I mean, by any means behind gender reveals for so many reasons. But uh, like, it, it would. It like this seems like like 
the church would like some some rabid churchgoers would use this as like a pregnancy announcement or something. Like I love that. Ugh. <laughs> Becca's just like gross. <laughs> oh yeah, babies in pregnancy are icky, so you don't need to tell me that. Mm. I mean, I don't, I'm not like anti-pregnancy. I'm just not pro-me pregnancy. <laughs> right, yeah, no, no, no. But also don't ever make me touch your pregnant belly. Uh, Somebody pregnant. did that? There, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Like, like, that's like the cut, like you go to baby showers and they're like, touch my belly. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see your belly or your weird belly button thing going on right now. I don't like any of this. belly button thing. Seth, I don't think uh, you or I have been to as many baby showers as no. Beth, uh, I only think I can only recall going to baby showers as a child when I would have yeah, to go men, because my parents were going. Men usually aren't even invited. Let yeah. alone, uh, you know, it reminds me of the baby there. shower that David Rose throws throws for Jocelyn, and they're trying yeah. to throw, and they invented the game, the throwing the pills into mommy's mouth. <laughs> But they're using this, they're using, uh, and they had, they used to do it with their own mother, and now they're doing it with Jocelyn, but it's like candy yeah. or something. Ew, David. Ew, David. Um, yeah, no, no. I, well, now there's a new thing called a baby, like, sprinkle, where when you've had, like, more, when, when you're on your, like, second or third kid or whatever, you have a sprinkle. Yeah, which is not a shower. You, you ask people, like, it's, it's, it's usually co-ed, and you ask people to get you things like diapers. Yeah. Which... Hmm. I'm a little bit more understanding of, but like, yeah. Also, ew, ew, babies. Ew, babies. <laughs> uh, that's a quote. Yeah, ew, but anyway, babies. so 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 yeah, <laughs> I, I I just I just picture like that this like. I don't know why that that was like a thought that came to my mind. You know what it was? It was because I finished reading this after like seeing one of my friends post on Facebook that they saw like three pregnancy announcements yesterday oh, yeah. or the day before, yeah. and I was like, oh. That happens a lot this time of year. I though, like, I mean, who's getting pregnant in the summer? There's better things. Well, I guess not this year. Never no, mind. Yeah. There was I nothing rest better my case. <laughs> I rest, Yeah, I, 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 I unrest my case here. <laughs> we are literally having the first batch of COVID babies right now. Oh yeah, it we is. are. We're, they're this, this, like, so we have baby boomers, and this is going to be COVID boomers. Like, yeah. or, or I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Born I don't like babies. any of it icky um i'm just gonna keep saying icky uh okay so we've we've kind of gone through this we're we're at like about an hour and a half which is usually what i like to keep these at um uh any last you know some, some random things that i kind of mentioned was like oh do we want to talk about the best worst things about this play but we've kind of done this like throughout yeah, i think yeah, uh which yeah. is which is good because like i like the I, I like the fact that we kind of were able to break this up with like discussion and reading these absolutely ridiculous passages um to be honest like my favorite passage is still always going to be the one about like where imogen is like wait a minute wait a minute wait, 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 wait. you tell me that this lady had to wrap her baby up in rags and like put him in like a trough that animals eat out of like where's the social worker but um but yeah i i you know honestly thank you nick for introducing me to this nonsense yeah. like i i i guess i'm like i said like i'm the lone wolf i had never heard of it before i i i don't know i don't know what i'm doing wrong with I'm, my life i'm just glad that becca and seth had because there's been a lot of people that i've talked to about this and they're, they're like what and I, I, and it's so strange because I did like 
literally every year from the time I was a little kid, it was what was read to me on Christmas Eve. And it's ridiculous. And I love How that I got to share it. How long is the book you. that you were reading an entire book? Oh, like, no, like super thin. Oh, it's oh, like tiny. super thin. Tiny. Again, like, like a children's yeah. book. Yeah. The, the, Basically, the yeah. It's like play. a novella, I would say. Yeah. The stage like, play is 44, 44 pages long. The book can't be. Yeah, it's right around there. Yeah. It's really yeah, I mean, short. this unfortunately, the, the the one I found, the only one I could found that was easily accessible online was the musical script, and and like, but also I'm not mad that I found that one because yeah. even even in the end, like, it's 129 pages, I think, but like a couple at the beginning, a few at the beginning, and a few at the end are just nonsense. There's a whole bunch of blank space and everything, so it, I mean, it took me an hour. Yeah, it's it's not read. as long as the page count would suggest. I actually I found the original stage play online except the version i found for whatever reason was missing five pages oh, like so pages 37 oh. through 41 were not and i was like that was a big jump i did okay whatever so you have no idea what happened oh no I, except that i do I, and it was not important <laughs> i just discovered i did not know this uh apparently there is a sequel called uh, the best two. halloween ever Yes, there's two, huh. but I'm really excited about the best Halloween ever. Interesting. Yeah. Halloween, a special episode, a billion years from now. Oh, dear. But the uh, Matt Berman of Common Sense Media describes that book as being tamed to the point of being lame. I mean, this one so. actually, you know what? This one definitely would not have been considered tame back in the 70s. Really, probably yeah. not even in the 80s. Like, there's children smoking cigars. Yeah. yeah, but also like also like the eighties, like everybody smoked. So I feel like it wouldn't have been too dramatizing. I don't know. I feel like cigars and babies is a little oh, maybe. <laughs> beyond the pale. Mm. But yeah, no, I'm yeah. I'm glad we got to share this. I'm I'm really glad Becca and Seth were able to join us for this one. I, I'm fun. glad too. I'm happy I could be here. Yeah, yeah I, I know we've I've, I've been trying to get Seth on for a while because like you know we've got our usual four hosts for like the Grishaverse books and stuff, but like yeah. we uh, there, there's also some other you know one-off books that um, eventually or to, to to stretch out the Grishaverse just a little bit, we might have to add like a rando episode in there, um, at least one I would say. But uh, but yeah, thank you guys for joining us. This was this was a lot of fun. Um, reading this play was definitely an experience that I don't wish to repeat but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh no I, I you know I, I honestly I'm, I'm 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 like only about I would like I'm like 40% joking because really like <laughs> there's nothing I love more than dumb Christmas media um no. and I have literally watched nothing but dumb Christmas media for like a month and a half now I mean uh there's there's like we we've I've been going on and on about over Thanksgiving weekend. I watched this movie called Christmas Wedding Planner. It's like a Canadian movie, but it's on Netflix. And there was a chef character in it named Charles. He's got very long, luscious hair and glasses. And he's kind of, I think he's supposed to be super attractive. Like he's, you know, fine, whatever. But like he's in it and and like he 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 appears in it and you kind of think like there's a thing going on between him and the main character, right? Like he's she's the wedding planner, he's the chef or the baker that's like making desserts for the wedding and you know he's he's kind of nerdy and, and weird but she's like oh 
Cheryl. And then like he just disappears and you never see him again in the movie and she falls in love with someone else. I don't remember who. And then right after that, uh, I watched a movie called Christmas with a View. And I believe this was one where there, it's something about there's like a like a ski lodge or something and a chef is coming in to take over the the restaurant at the ski lodge. But the whole chef thing starts out with uh, the, the, the people that work at the ski lodge are watching a, uh, they're watching a cooking show, like a cooking, you know, competition show on TV. And one of the characters is Charles. Oh, are they, they doing the thing where it's like the, the Netflix holiday Special universe. No, man. These are these are two totally different Christmas movies. They're both Canadian, but they were made like a two years apart, I think. Huh. But and 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 Charles in the first movie has like a couple scenes, you know, where he actually has lines. Yeah. And in yeah. this one, he's literally just like a like a guest spot when they are airing this like or when they're watching them when they're watching this, you know, Christmas, you know, cooking show, or uh, I'm sorry, a, a chef like cooking show, cooking yeah. competition. And it's like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest over Thanksgiving when, when we were watching this, we had to pause it and like just laugh so hard. We cried for about 30 minutes. Now it didn't help that we've been drinking or maybe it did, but like the fact that this character showed up in like these two stupid Christmas movies back to back. But yes, this is the type of shit that I've been doing with the past month plus of my life is just watching <laughs> stupid fucking Christmas shit. Um, well, tis the season, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of it. So, uh, but okay. So, so before we sign off, I guess, um, what's a, what's one good holiday or Christmas thing that you would suggest to people? Um, like for me, I always say elf. I know that's kind of kitschy or whatever, but I love elf. I love elf. I love elf. It's dumb I love elf and it's good too. and I love it. So that's why I like, you know, um as far as christmas stuff goes i don't know like this christmas has been really weird obviously i know it's been that weird for everybody um i always watch christmas with the cranks every christmas and um and i also try to watch the santa claus <laughs> only one and two not the third one third one's ass I didn't but, know there was a third one. yeah there is um, so, but definitely Elf, because Tara and I watch Elf. Also, um, A Christmas Prince, A Christmas Prince wed Royal Wedding, and A Christmas Prince, A Royal Baby on Netflix. Okay. Um, it has the girl who plays, um, Liv and iZombie. And and They're all bad. Yeah. Oh, I love her so much. She's so good in iZombie. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, uh, we've got that going on. I did make a 60 second version of a Christmas Prince for TikTok. I know um, I saw it. It was really funny. Yeah. I, I really wanted to do like the wedding. I really wanted to do the, the, I think it's inheritance one, but I couldn't, I just was like, no, I don't feel like trying to force like pregnancy nonsense. No, not doing it. What about you, Seth? I think I'm, I'm going to have to go uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Going to have to reach back. And pull that one forward. Uh, I'm also going to say that this is a qualified recommendation. I actually quite enjoyed Happiest Season. I understand that many people didn't, and I understand their criticisms, but I actually thought it was a pretty decent movie. I haven't seen it yet. What was Happiest, Happiest Season? Season? It's oh, a lesbian couple. Gay one, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, and yeah. there's there's a lot of. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I mean, it's essentially an all-star cast for a 
cheesy Christmas movie, which worked out really well, I thought. But again, they, they, there's definitely legitimate criticisms. I just personally, I enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, my classic would have to be Muppet Christmas Carol, because yes. come on, uh, Michael Caine giving like one of the best performances uh, as Ebenezer Scrooge while surrounded by Muppets. Iconic. Um, my less well-known recommendation is a movie called Nativity. Uh, it came out in, I think, 2009. It stars Martin Freeman. Um, I think right before he became um, Watson in the Sherlock series. And it's actually all, it's an improvised movie. There's no script. It's oh. all, there's like an outline of what's supposed to happen. And it's like uh, Best Christmas Pageant Ever, it's a elementary school putting on the Christmas pageant, uh, but it becomes a musical and it is phenomenal. Um, and highly recommend it. Um, it also has, oh, what's her name? She played Pam in the British office. Um, Ashley Jensen. Okay. Uh, in it as well. And I, I'm looking, there are four movie. of these. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've only seen the first two. Uh, the first one is really the best. Second one's okay. I haven't seen the other ones. Um, the third one is Dude, Where's My Donkey? Which is <laughs> a reference to, I believe, early 2000s Dude, Ashton Kutcher vehicle, Dude, Where's My Car? Yes. Which is everything it was advertised to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely awful and ridiculous, but also like kind of hilarious. Like, yeah. Kind well, of iconic. Well, I mean, there's that there's that part where they pull up next to Fabio with the other supermodel and he starts making out. So then, you know, Sean William Scott and Ashton Kutcher turn to each other and start making out. And it's it's yep. just yeah. It is what it is. And what it is is dot dot dot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh well, shit! I never heard of of nativity. I'll have to I'll have to look that up. That sounds. I know that there's something called nativity, but it's like the story of Jesus. Yeah, no, fuck that. It's no. not that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We just we just talked about a play where children are smoking cigars, Becca. <laughs> All right. Well, I think um, that wrap that about wraps us up. Thank you guys so much for joining our sassy holiday Christmas special. And uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, please like forgive points where you where we might be making faces and stuff and showing things on screen. You know, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, you should really watch because we make great faces. Yeah. 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 Um, but we will be Sagas and Sass will be back for our next regular episode. For, not for a while, but on a Wednesday, January 13th, we'll be talking about the first half of Crooked Kingdom by Lee Bardugo. So hopefully, yeah, it's really good. So Very hopefully, good. Uh, you know, if you've read the Grishaverse, you'll join us for that. And again, thank you guys for joining. Have a lovely rest of your holiday season. And if you're not ready for Christmas to be over yet, definitely check out some of the things we discussed. Yep. Have a lovely night. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sagas and Sass.